Nacho Monreal. On who fire. I've he's, actually heard he's actually the replacement for Alexi Sanchez up front. Alexi who? Uh, uh, Alex, we'll get into him later. We'll talk about him later. We'll talk about him. Hello and welcome to another episode of the 4th Best Podcast. This is Monty, and I'm here with Steve, uh, as always. Steve, how you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. We just beat Chelsea. Yes. That's awesome. Uh, we've got some exciting transfer news. We've got some exciting transfer rumors. Uh, it's, it's all good. All good. All good, which is funny because I feel like it's like every other week when we're talking good, and the other weeks are bad, but... We'll stay positive this time. We'll stay positive. You know, we were really positive last podcast. Is this the negative time? No, no, no. We were negative. We were really negative a couple podcasts ago. So we'll keep this one as positive as can be. There's okay. really nothing bad. I don't even think we could go negative if we wanted to. No, but I'm sure we'll find something. We could find. But That'll okay. be our challenge. Let's start off with the first positive thing, and that was the Chelsea-Arsenal game, which was the semifinal of the Carabao Cup. Uh, man, the glorious Carabao Cup. Yeah. Uh, we are through to the final, playing against Manchester City. Uh, the game against uh, Chelsea, it was. It started off a little shaky. Uh, we started off down. Uh, we had some defensive issues. They split our defense, passed through Koscielny and Mustafi, our two, sadly to say, our best defenders at the moment, center defenders at the moment. Uh, and Hazard was able to pick up the ball, slot it past uh, David Ospina. And we were down quickly 1-0, which would have been terrible because on aggregate that means that they were up 1-0. Uh, but shortly after, we responded well. It seemed like Chelsea was actually playing a little bit of Arsenal soccer where they score a goal and then they just folded. That's that's typical <laughs> Arsenal thing where we, where we yeah, score. See, yeah. I found something negative already to say. Yeah. I'm wow, sorry. that didn't I'm take sorry. long. That was two minutes, not even two minutes. I but know. that's okay. Okay, that's okay. okay. Well, you know, I know, I guess, I, I saw the game. I think you're about to go positive after this. So. I'm going to go positive because our great goal scorer, Nacho Monreal, heads, Prolific. heads in a, a corner kick. But it wasn't really him by himself. It was the help of two, not just one, but two defenders of Chelsea. He heads it, it hits Nacho Monreal in the face, Rudiger in the back of the head, and then Willy Caballero was just lost, didn't know what to do, scores a goal. I didn't even understand exactly what happened because I've never seen it hit two defenders. So is that like an own goal off of Rudiger and Alonso or was, just Rudiger? It was scored as an own goal off of Rudiger, but I would say I think Nacho should get some credit for hitting two Chelsea defenders, though. I mean, I'm giving him all the credit yeah. just because he hits two defenders in the face. And a, and a goal, yeah. but that's two goals, two assists, and two games for Nacho Monreal. On who fire. I've he's, actually heard he's actually the replacement for Alexi Sanchez up front. Alexi who? Uh, uh, Alexi. We'll get into him later. We'll talk about him later. We'll talk, I'll remind you who he is later. Uh, but then going on to the game, uh, again, it seemed like Arsenal scores, and then they kind of folded, and it seemed like Chelsea was putting up some pressure. Uh, the rest of that, um, the first half, it was a little... Give and go, but both sides were creating chances. There was a close chance by Ozil, uh, just graze the side of the, side of the post, uh, create a corner. And I'm actually excited now to see Granite shock his corners because, again, in two games, three of his corners led to goals. So that's kind of a positive. Um, and then going on to the second half, Lacassette created the first boom shakalaka of the season. I was proud to tweet that out. Yeah. Very. Although when it's boom shakalaka, it's usually shaka assist, Lacassette goal. But hey, I'll take it. He. Cross it in, deflected off a defender, and Shaka pounced on it. It wasn't a beautiful Shaka goal like usual from about 50 yards out. <laughs> uh, it was probably about five yards out. But, hey, I'll take it. Two to one. Goal is a goal is a goal. And we were happy. Yeah. We were actually watching it with a fellow friend who's a Chelsea fan. Yeah. And anytime we can rub it in his face that we, uh, we beat him. But I think it's happened a while for, for a while now because 
Antonio Conte is kind of fearful of Arsenal. Yeah, right? I'm actually feeling fairly positive every time I see Chelsea on our schedule. Um, I'm sure I will eat those words <laughs> the next time we play them. But for today, we are going to bask in the glory of another Arsene Wenger masterful performance defeating Antonio Conte, who um, at this point has got to be, yeah, he's got to be pretty afraid every time he sees Arsenal on the schedule. He might not even last until another time to play Arsenal, honestly. Uh, I mean, I think we all agree that when it comes to coaches, Arsenal and Chelsea are on opposite sides of the spectrum. In Chelsea, you can lose two games in a row and you're on the hot seat, whereas Alexis Sanchez, or I'm sorry, Alexis Sanchez, I'm, I'm, my mind's on the brain. Thinking, oh, man. Uh, Wenger can lose two games in a row and stay on as coach get a contract extension. and get a contract extension. Um, but hey, that was a Freudian slip because I do actually want to talk about Alexis Sanchez. Uh, so I want to remind you who he is. He was about a he was a Chilean attacker that we had. He was about four feet two inches. Right. Um, he had the dogs, right? He had the dogs. Yes, right. Adam okay. and Humber I or something. I remember the dogs. You remember, remember the, the dogs? dogs. They yeah. were great. They had a soccer player for they, an owner. <laughs> they had a soccer player for a pet. Um, <laughs> no, yeah. So as we all know, Alexis Sanchez goes to Manchester United, which was the team the last podcast that I said I'd rather have him go to, but yeah. Steve wasn't too much on board. Steve, what do you think right now about Alexis Sanchez now that's going all done. to Manchester United? Now it's all done. What do yeah. you think? Um, I still don't think, I, for me, again, I, him going to Jose Mourinho and going to the much-hated uh, Manchester United was never going to be uh, something that I would prefer to see happen. I know you had your theory that uh, him and Mourinho would not get along and it would end like in disaster, hopefully a few months from now. That could happen. I am fearful that he actually will play really well for at least one year. Um, I just think that he, he's a guy that needs, I think, some discipline and, and a, a, a set of rules to follow while he's on the pitch. Um, and I think Marino's going to provide him with that. Um, so, yeah, I think he actually is going to do well for at least a little while. But you're right. Uh, Alex Sanchez is a guy who's... Uh, very hard-headed. Mourinho is too. I could definitely see them having a falling out of some sorts and each guy sticking to whatever side that they're on and having it go poorly. But I, I, I think it's going to be a while before that happens. So, um, so no, I'm still not happy to see him there. Although, all things considered, I'm happy we, that we got it all done and over with. It was kind of dragging on for much too long. Uh, first, I, w- I do want to mention two tweets about a topic that Steve actually pointed out to me. Uh, it was the whole Twitter, if anybody said goodbye to Alexis Ooh, Sanchez. Yes. So Scandal. The first person that I wanted to uh, talk about was, her name is M-E-M, and it's at underscore Gunner Princess. And she said, I suspect Arsenal players held a meeting not to wish Alexis goodbye. So that was one, one, one take on that. Another one was from Cannon Crested, at Cannon Crested. It's shocking even Mesut Ozil did not wish Sanchez well on social media. At least they seemed to get along on the pitch. Almost feels like censoring from Arsenal. And obnoxious, as obnoxious as that seems, it's hard to think or it in any other way. That was kind of a hard one to read. I have, <laughs> I have a hard time reading it. <laughs> Steve reminds me of that all the time. But those are two tweets. What did you think of, I mean, the last few games, there was a whole celebration incident. The last time yeah. we played, not the last time we played against Crystal Palace, but the first time we played against right. Crystal Palace. Um, and now he left, and it seemed like nobody really missed him. What, what do you think about all that? Yeah, I mean, I didn't want to read too much into that celebration gate. Um, I think we talked about it in our podcast of like, I mean, it probably is accurate, but I mean, how much does it actually affect the play on the field? Um, And 
so I, I kind of thought it was all I was I guess I was kind of hoping that it was all a little overblown. Uh, this just is more confirmation of it. Um, and then the way that we played against Crystal Palace, that was, yeah, that was, uh, the way that we played against Crystal Palace, it just made me think that look how uh, fluid this team can play when everybody is focused and on the same page. Mm-hmm. Makes me think that there might have been a little more to all that uh, in team fighting that we all heard and read about. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Uh, it definitely, yeah, literally nobody. And I was going through different players' social media accounts and. Guys were saying bye to Coughlin and Walcott. And apparently when Oxley chamberlain left, people said bye and wished him well. So it wasn't like, you know, oh, because Alexis is going to a rival, like nobody wanted to wish him. No, I mean, no, Oxley chamberlain went over to Liverpool. and every, Like, not everybody, but a, a handful of guys were still like, oh, I wish you the best, mate. You know, so it's, yeah, it's starting to look bad. Um, but I guess, I mean, it's 2018. I guess that's what we're paying attention to these days, players' social media accounts. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it last time. Uh any rumors of players coming, the first indication was who liked whose pictures yeah. on Instagram. So that was, you're Speaking right. Instagram, I heard Lacazette actually unfollowed Alexis on Instagram. So <laughs> the plot thickens. The plot thickens. I guess they, uh, Alex, maybe Lacazette just wanted to be the only Alex on the team. So that means that Wobie's the next one out. Oof. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. But okay, before we get into any kind of tactics about what we think is going to happen with Arsenal right now, we talked about any speculations through social media. Uh, you, as a fan of Arsenal, did you hate Alexis Sanchez, or do you hate Alexis Sanchez now? What do you think about him going to Manchester United? <laughs> no, I, no, I don't hate him. Uh, again, I was ready for it to all be done. Um, I guess looking back on the whole thing, he was a guy that when we signed him initially, I thought he was exactly what Arsenal needed because um, if we can remember to back in those days, uh, even before the Ozil, like. I feel like the saying Arsenal always trying to walk it into goal was like kind of the joke that, you know, we can't really score goals unless like we can do it the most, most beautiful way possible and just literally like tip tap, tip tap all the way right to the goal. And, and so then I was like, you know, we need, we need a guy that like when all of that stuff fails or when the other team decides like park their entire team uh, in front of goal and, you know, we need a guy that can just score from distance, that can mm-hmm. single handedly dribble through like three guys and, mm-hmm. And beat the keeper on his own. So I thought having one of these guys in our lineup is exactly what we need. We can have all the beautiful passing. All the other guys can do all that and try to score the goals. And then when that doesn't work, or if it doesn't work, we have this guy, Alex Sanchez, that can create on his own and just do it all himself. So I thought it was exactly what we needed. And it did work for a little bit. We did win a couple FA Cups, and it did kind of work. But I think in the end, uh, maybe a player who can play as direct as Alexis Sanchez is what Arsenal needs, but Alex Sanchez... Maybe his personality, his temperament, maybe that's where it all went wrong. So in the end, I don't think it worked out how any of us had hoped it was going to. Mm-hmm. Um, do I hate him? No. I remember really being happy about it and really hoping that this was going to work out brilliantly, mm-hmm. and it just, just hasn't. So, you know, best of luck to him, I guess. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe I don't mean that. <laughs> I think I'm just saying that just to sound like a nice guy. Just Yeah, I mean, talking about sounding like a nice guy. Uh, Alexis Sanchez, when he joined Arsenal, he was happy to join his boyhood club, Arsenal. Um, and then a few years later, he joins Manchester United. And then he remembered that actually Manchester United was his boyhood club. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure if he were to sign for Swansea City in like five years, he will tell everybody that he watched Swansea City games back yeah. when he was a kid in Chile. Right. Um, but hey, uh, personally, I, I mean, I agree with most, mostly what you said. Uh, for me, Alexis Sanchez was, when he came, 
he was a star player. I, I remember, I've watched Alexis Sanchez play ever since he was playing in Argentina. He was on my favorite team in Argentina. Um, and he was, he was actually the same kind of player he was with Arsenal. Uh, not very much defense, and he was a wild player offensively. And it was, uh, it was I mean, it, it, it's sad to see him go. I, I agree, he's that player that has a certain spark. I mean, from what you're talking about, uh, pulling a goal out of nowhere, I do remember, I think it was the fifth goal against Everton, where we were already up like 4-2 to two or something like that, and uh, he's, he had two defenders on him. He dragged them all the way and ripped a shot from outside the box and scored it. So he definitely is a great player. Um, but I think one thing that I, we, do, we should talk about, actually, is his interactions with his teammates and the fact that he's gone now, what it's going to create with other players. Because the way, that, the way that we looked at it was there was definitely a lot of players that were connected to the success and failure of Alexis Sanchez on the field. When Alexis Sanchez wasn't doing well, players around him, and me personally, one of the players that I think failed around him was Kolasinac. He was a player because early on in, in the season, Alexis Sanchez didn't play the first few games, and Kolasinac pretty much owned that left side. He was free to do whatever he wanted because Danny Welbeck was in front of him. So it was pretty much Kolasinac runs, runs that side of the field. But then the, Alexis Sanchez comes in, and that it wasn't the same type of play. Another player that I think, and we talked about it before, was Ozil himself, because although they're two great players to have, their attacking styles are completely different. You have Alexis Sanchez, who was just run at five defenders and hope for the best, and Ozil's a guy who kind of holds the ball a little bit, looks for that cheeky little pass, and you know finds openings, which we saw him do against Crystal Palace many times. Now, I guess my question to you, who, what do you think of now him being in Manchester United and Mkhitaryan coming to Arsenal what do you think of the, the, the chemistry on the team? Do you think it's a, it's a positive now? Not, I mean, I think we mentioned it already that it, it's a positive, but how do you see Arsenal tactically starting uh, starting 11? Do you think it's going to be a 3-4-3, or do you think it's going to be a 4-2-3-1? How do you see them now with Mkhitaryan joining Arsenal and Alexis leaving? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, the, the past two games, they've gone with the, uh, the, four, the four at the back, so it, that leads me to believe that they'll probably go to like a 4-2-3-1 uh, with Mkhitaryan and I think while I haven't watched Mkhitaryan extensively um, when he was with Dortmund uh, he's a guy that I hear uh, you know will play short passes a lot of plays like the Arsenal style pass and move one touch football um, and can play left wing right wing in, in a central uh, midfield area so it'll be interesting to see where Wenger decides to deploy him uh, I know that there was some articles saying that Wenger had hinted that he can be like a Cazorla type of player um, I think uh, everybody wants the return of that uh, Cazorla Coughlin esque partnership uh, in the deeper midfield, and so yeah, Mkhitaryan is a guy that could probably play that role. That's currently occupied by, I guess today it was Granite Xhaka, um, but you know, like Cazorla throughout his career has played in a number of positions, uh, played out in the left wing and the right wing, um, and so uh, you know, Mkhitaryan could be one of those guys where because he's two footed, he could kind of fill in where you know, different guys are, are missing at that point and kind of just be the glue that holds them all together. And his style of play already meshes well with what uh, we want to do as a possession base, you know, kind of build up through intricate passing uh, type of a type of a team. This could be the return of, uh, you know, the most winger ball of, you know, like in, in the 07, 08 years where we had a team full of, you know, for lack of a better term, like nobodies uh, because of our 
style of play, we were still able to be a high-scoring team. Now we've got a bunch of guys that are household names, better players, and if we if they all can buy into that style of play uh, offensively, should lead to a bunch of goals being scored. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll it'll be interesting. I can't wait to see him suit up. I hope he plays this weekend. Uh, I'd love to see how he fits in there. They already handed him the number seven uh, squad number, so that was cool. I guess um, I guess uh, for what was it for the Europa League? He's got to wear a different number, which is weird. But yeah. Um, but yeah, that's our new number seven. So. I mean, I don't remember the last player to have the number seven on Arsenal. <laughs> so I think it was like Robert Pierce or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, or maybe it was one of those dogs. I don't know. <laughs> um, but, no, I agree with you. Uh, I think the fact that Alexis Sanchez leaves Arsenal, it's um, it's uh, obviously he's a star. But Mkhitaryan, I feel like, is a little more level-headed. Uh, he has more of a, a team-oriented background. I mean... For me, uh, one of the funnest teams to watch a few years ago was those Borussia Dortmund teams. Um, and it seems like uh, Sven Mislintat. What's his Mislintat? Mislintat. Uh, it seems like he's trying to. We're on a first name basis here. He Sven? listens to our podcast. We're just gonna call him Sven. Sven. I'm gonna call him Sven. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. All right. Um, but it's Mr. Rossetti to him if he calls. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, but yeah. So it seems like uh, bringing him over. Uh, he was one of the key players of that. Um, that Borussia Dortmund team from a few years ago. Um, I mean, it's it's crazy to think that all those players are huge stars now. Um, we'll, again, we'll talk about Aubameyang maybe later if we really want to go down that rabbit hole. Uh, but Mkhitaryan coming in, he's I don't think he's a player that's gonna, really going to clash with Ozil just like Alexis Sanchez did. Um, one of the things that I, I, I do agree with you, I feel like it's going to be a 4-2-3-1 formation. I wouldn't be surprised to see Ramsey move up front. Um, you know, a, a line of three behind Lacassette. Ramsey would probably play on the left or right side, whichever. Ozil on whichever side Ramsey isn't on. Wilshire in the middle. And then in the, behind that, you might have uh, Mkhitaryan and then Shaka. Actually, you might even have Mkhitaryan where Wilshire was playing today, right behind Lacassette. And then you might have Wilshire behind him with, with, with Shaka. Um, but I guess the, my one worry, and it's not the end of the, uh, the transfer window yet, but my one worry is all this talk about offensive players. One of our biggest issues this whole season has been our defense. I mean, we talked about the Chelsea game where Koscielny and Mustafi were, the, right now, they are our best defenders. Am I wrong? Like, his, like right now, because, I mean, Chambers and, and Holden are too young. Uh, Murder Sacker is too old. <laughs> um, right now, those two are our best defenders. I know there's stories of Johnny Evans coming, but again, as an Arsenal fan, I think we all know that stories don't matter until we actually see them on the field. Or until... Ornstein tweets about it. Until Ornstein <laughs> tweets about it. Although Ornstein oh, yeah. did tweet yeah, about it. Yeah, I know. My dude, Ornstein. We talked about it last week that Jack Wilshere was about to sign with, with Arsenal. I think uh, the quote the was, days. in the coming days. And I guess it still could be considered coming days. What does that even mean? Is it like, I thought that was within that was the like week. one or two days. Yeah, I was thinking within that week. Yeah. It's, it's been like. That's a, a very safe way to tweet, though. Yeah. Ornstein, we're yeah. on to you. Ornstein, yeah. I I'm see not, what you did we, there. We called you the god last time. Now you're making this question you already. But. Going back to the defense. See, that's how we always get back to the offense. Jack Wilshere. <laughs> it's, like it's like a magic if, trick. If only Arsenal can transition from defense to offense as quickly as we do. Well, did you see the uh, so the hazard trip and the invisible man? Yeah, yeah. That, that, was, that, for me, was the best tackle that we did. Um, but, yeah, what, what do you think about our defense? Because, again, well, there's not a lot of talk about the defense. We're a few, you know, a few days away from the transfer window ending. If we don't get anybody 
we can talk about all this offensive players. We can talk about a Bowman. We can talk about, I mean, McTurn's already on the team and everything. But once the ball passes all those guys and they're on an attack, I get, I get nervous. What do you think? Yeah, I think for starters, just from a philosophical point of view. Oh, you're getting deep right now. Okay. Well, no, I'm just saying that uh, without Alexis Sanchez and with Mkhitaryan coming in there, another guy that is going to help with us keeping possession, that is going to help. Like no, that's not going to fix our defense, but I think that's going to help some of the. It's going to help us to avoid some of the counterattacks that we've been susceptible to. Um, I think us keeping possession is the first step of our our defense. Now the last, well, I guess check would be the last step, but you know the back line, uh, yeah, that needs some addressing because Kashani looks super old right now, <laughs> um, and yeah, so. I know we're just rumors. We don't really like discussing rumors. I'm going to go out there and say I hope we get somebody. Uh, if Evans is easy for them to get, sure, get him. Uh, I don't think he's the long-term solution, but he's a guy that can come right in right now and see us out for the end of the season uh, and then maybe be a rotational guy after that in the next next year or whatever and yeah. kind of take the role that Gabriel had, just whatever, guy that comes in for cup games and whatever. Um but yeah, we do need. I feel like we do need to address it. Uh, I know a lot of people have been hoping for a defensive midfielder. I'd love to see that too. There's been no links to anybody. Nobody. Um, so I don't know. Like I guess, mm-hmm. I guess there, we weren't linked to Ozil. Like, and that happened. So I guess anything could happen. But yeah. I'm not optimistic that we're gonna just magically sign a defensive midfielder out of nowhere. I guess the only positive that for, for me, maybe I'm only only thinking this, but when Coughlin left, for me it kind of. It surprised me a little bit because I don't think Wenger is that blind to see that we have a need in midfield. And for him to get rid of a midfielder like that, mm-hmm. for me, was a little surprising. Um, again, other than Orenstein, everybody else on Twitter that tries to act like they're an insider has been wrong a lot of the times. So we don't know what's going on behind closed doors. Um, Coughlin leaving... Now that makes, uh, I mean, Elneny has started two games for us. If, you know, he's not the solid defensive midfielder that we, or center midfielder at least, that we have. But you're right. I mean, uh, transfers come out of nowhere. For me, the Conklin transfer came out of nowhere. I didn't really expect us to lose a a center midfielder. So maybe you're right. Maybe there is something in the works, hopefully. Uh, We'll know closer, obviously, in, in, in a few days. But you're right. I mean, it's it's been an ongoing issue. I know we talked about it in a few, a few podcasts ago where, most of our issues is the middle of the field where, um, and that's something that you, we talked about before during the show where because of Alexis Sanchez's drifting problems, there was that goal early on in the season um, that was a counterattack against us and it was because Ramsey was playing out of position but it's because he was kind of trying to fill a role that Alexis Sanchez was vacating and it, Alexis Sanchez wouldn't go back in defense I think Shaka lost the ball and it created a counterattack, and that was, that's, that was a hole. Uh, but a lot of the issues that we've had was the connection between bringing the ball up from defense to offense, and Shaka has had some great passes for sure, but there's been other times where his passes have been off and we've suffered from it. Um, but yeah, no, you're right. It's something that anything can happen. Um, I think the activities that we've had in these few weeks in the transfer is a lot more than we've had normally. Um, I mean, again, usually Arsenal is really good at procrastinating any kind of deal. And a good example was almost losing Alexis Sanchez at the end of the transfer window in the summer. Uh, Now they got that business done beforehand. 
Um, but yeah, anything's possible. Uh, so you're right. We haven't talked about the defensive midfield, but it could, some, something could happen coming up. Yeah. Um, I, one thing I will say is even if we just get uh, McTarian, this transfer window, like let's be honest, at the beginning or at the end of December, however you want to look at it, and we were talking about how Arsenal never do anything significant in the January transfer window. Exactly. We were thinking we were going to get a rotational type of a player. We, we thought there was no chance we'd get a guy who's a starting caliber player. I thought all we were going to get was that Greek defender, and that yeah. would be it. And, and that, would be, that would be business as usual exactly. for the January windows exactly. for, for Arsenal as we've known it. So obviously uh, Sven and friends have been busy. Obviously, um, you know, with, with the Mkhitaryan deal getting done, like you said, early. Uh, we did also we got that Greek defender, whatever his last name is, <laughs> and uh, there we're, we're whether or not we actually get Aubameyang, we're negotiating to get him, so yeah. we're actually trying yeah. to spend another fifty, sixty million pounds. Well, that was something too that I know there was actually this one guy who tweeted something pretty funny, and I forget what it was, but he talked about uh, when we agreed terms with Aubameyang, that was kind of the story with so many other players. Right. Uh, Iguain, Benzema were two big examples in the last few years. But for me, it seems like this time it was—it's a little more. Uh, there's a, l- it's a little more progressive when it comes to we actually have feet on the in the ground, like on the ground yeah. out there doing things, negotiating. You hear about the, like players like Aubameyang didn't play last Friday, so it, it maybe because of personal reasons with the team. Um, I mean, I know. I mean, when it comes to Twitter, it's actually kind of funny. Some of these tweets that he—I think he's like trolling <laughs> Arsenal fans too. Possibly. Which, honestly, I mean, I'm an Arsenal fan, but I think it's kind of funny because I don't read too much into it. But there was a couple tweets that he posted a few days ago. There was the one of everyone said he was packing his bags and everything, and then he was actually in training today, and he was supposedly joking around with uh, the coach of Dortmund and everything. So, for me, it's something that we do it to ourselves. We create these stories yeah. to ourselves. Um, you know, what if this whole time Aubameyang is like, I never even knew Arsenal wanted me. But at the same time, I think we've been a little more progressive than we have in the past. Yeah, I, a, a funny tweet uh, that I saw, again, I don't remember. I just came across, I don't remember who it was, so sorry, I'm not giving you credit. Um, so I guess apparently Aubameyang, there was an article linking Aubameyang to Liverpool. And so this guy tweets out, why is it that Liverpool gets linked to to every major signing? Now they're being Now they're linking Aubameyang to Liverpool. Somebody replies, "It's because Arsenal fans like you will click on it," <laughs> <laughs> and he's right. We'll just like click on any like oh fake news story and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. believe it, and then get all mad about it. So, uh, listen, we here we we hope that we get a Bomiang. We're not going to go too much and like, oh, how's he going to exactly. fit? Where are we going to fit Lacazette and him? We'll we'll cross that bridge when we sign him. But for right now, we're happy we got Mkhitaryan. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be fun seeing how he fits in with the rest of the team. Yeah, uh, hopefully as early as this weekend. Yeah, uh, well, Tuesday. That's ah, Tuesday. So yeah, we yeah. game against Swansea on Tuesday. But it's no, you, you're right. I mean, it's still something that, I guess, going back to the defense, what do you think about the defense when it comes to um, our starting 11? Because um, I, I guess we kind of drifted to the defensive midfield position. But if we don't get anybody right now, yeah. what do you think about our defensive capabilities? Yeah, I think it'll be shaky, and I expect um, – Mustafi and Kashani, as long as they're healthy, they'll be the two. I think we're going to stick with the back four. Yeah. Um, I know your favorite player, Bellerin, will stay on the right with no competition. Yeah. Um, and De- probably Monreal on the left. Debushi's still on the team, right? <laughs> yeah. There's nice rumors he might go. But yeah, but yeah for right now, he's still on the team. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he's really going to push Bellerin. No. Uh, there, if, if we go with like 
30 midfielders, you're going to need Bellerin to provide the width and the, yeah. the attack. So uh, he, for now, has that quality that, um, you know, even for his as bad as he is a defender, uh, he can at least get up and down the, the touchline pretty fast. So Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's pretty much the state of the team right now. Yeah. Um, again, I'm, I'm happy to see McTarran come in. Uh, although I did crack at Alexis Sanchez saying that Manchester United was his boyhood club. McTarran said the same thing about Arsenal, and I don't believe it. So um, I think I, I, I'm when I started doing the podcast with, with you, Steve, I think when, I, when we talked about it, I told them that my boyhood dream was to do the fourth best podcast as well. Which is true. Don't and I believed wrong. you, yeah. yeah no. But now that you're putting it into context... I'm not um, comparing myself to Mkhitaryan and Alexis Sanchez. I'm saying I'm just that, saying that I no longer believe you. Jesus. So Our chemistry is just off. Yeah, now. yeah. Well, okay. Uh, Maybe I could transfer you to the Ars blog and get... Yeah. I don't know, get a blog in return. Yeah. That'd be a little one-sided trade. That'd be cool. Um, I'm not going to say who'd get the better <laughs> of the trade. I mean, if you want, we can tweet at them. Say, hey, maybe call one of us up. I don't know. Um, but yeah, okay, we'll stop uh, rattling on about that. Um, so yeah, we have Swansea coming up on Tuesday, uh, which is kind of odd because yep. it, it's like a League Cup game. Um, we're on to the final, the Carabao Cup, which that's the one tournament that I wanted to win this year. I didn't care about the Europa League or the Premier League or FA Cup. Or the FA Cup. Nah, it doesn't Whatever. matter. Yeah. Community Shield and Carabao Cup, that's all that matters. Yep. Uh, we beat Chelsea, that's what matters. Um, and that's pretty much it. Uh, is there anything else? Am I missing something? Nah, I think we covered it all. We've got yeah. Next week we got we've got Swansea and the conclusion of the transfer window. So stay tuned, Arsenal fans. It's going to get a little crazier. All right. So we'll our see. next podcast will be action packed. We'll, we'll have see if like one of us explosions and sound effects and all sorts of good stuff. We'll just make explosions with yeah. our with our noise effects here. But yeah, definitely. Okay. Well, we will sign off on this one. My name is Monty, and that's Steve, and we say goodbye. <laughs>